I think the first thing is to just know from someone who's young and is now a little older, most of those people that are telling you, like, you're wasting your time or, or they don't believe in your vision, for one, they're not your friends, but two, they're not going to be your friends in five to ten years, so, like, don't worry about what they say. What's going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. And on today's episode, I'm very excited to say that we have Davin Gentry on the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. For sure. So, I mean, real quick, just to kind of set the tone, we met about a year ago in up in D.C. at the Diet Starts Monday shop. And um, for those who don't know, Davin is, I would consider, one of the dopest designers in the world that I've seen and he has a company known as Diet Starts Monday which I know we'll get into as well as Premium and overall I've been following you for a year and I think just everything you're doing with the attention to detail with the quality like I've noticed that and that's why I'm super excited to have you on the show but I just want to say again thanks so much for coming on and thank you for having me especially let me see this <laughs> this crib that you're about to, you're about to so. <laughs> I don't know we're looking we're at, shout out to my buddy Oliver we're at this um it's nine million dollar property that he has on the market and um he led us through the podcast here so i'm thankful for that but yeah it's beautiful but to really start things off davin just for the people listening i'd love for you to tell them a little bit more about what diet starts monday is and when you started it before we get into the story diet starts monday is really kind of an experiment like we we launched it with the intention of not really making it a clothing line not really making it this or that but more like a brand that was a house for everything we wanted to create. So we, we started with clothing, but we also launched food products. We also launched skateboard decks, jewelry, uh, footwear, uh, candles, like home goods, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the meaning behind the brand Diastice Monday is anti-procrastination. People put things off all the time. They put it off till Monday or the first <laughs> of the month or the first of the year. And John and I had both put this brand off for three, four years before we actually put it in motion. And so whenever we started the brand, we were like, we know that the name has to be something that um, kind of relates to procrastinating since we put yeah, it off yeah. for so long. So. Diet Starts Monday is something that John always wrote on his shoes just because he's like, we would travel so much, eat terribly, stay up late, drink all night. And he was like, yo, like, I'm eating so bad, my diet has to start Monday. And it was kind of like a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then once we launched the brand and we came up with the name, we really realized that diet, diet Starts Monday relates to so many people, whether it's like, whether it is a diet or whether it's working out or starting a new business or, or whatever the case may be, everybody always puts things off. And so we really, we really started to see that procrastination is something that everybody relates to. And that's, that's one of the, the important things about a brand is having a brand that people relate to. And yeah, so yeah. it's really been, it's been a blessing to, to kind of stumble into a brand name that, that means so much to everybody. No, it's funny too because I um I remember when I first saw it, it's like I saw it and I'm like, that is one of the most relatable things yeah, ever. And, and it's funny because back home, um, 
before I moved out west, I, I was always showing my brothers and my mom, just like, yo, check out Diet Stars Monday, just like repping it, right? And everyone I would show it to would say the same thing, like they would relate to it, whether that's a diet itself, but overall, I just wanted to say that's super dope. And so with diet, how long has it been something that you guys have been like pursuing? Because I know, like you said, you guys procrastinated to right. start the brand. So how long has it been that you've been focused on that? And I know obviously you've had premium and d- different brands overall, but just what's been the time frame of that for the people listening? I just want to pre-frame. <laughs> uh, I mean, John and I started talking about it probably 2014, 15, and then 2016 around... December was when we actually were like, okay, like now's the time that we wanna we wanna put it into motion. And so it was probably like a two and a half year uh, span of us kind of just like toying with the idea of creating something together. Yeah, yeah. And then once we decided to, it was about, I mean, we started in November, December, and then we launched the brand in February, and then we opened up the the retail restaurant and bar in May of 2017. Got so it. It was really about like a six month span of launching to to having a restaurant store. Bar. Yeah, yeah. So it happened. I mean, it happened really quickly. But there, the build up was things can happen quickly when the build up like takes yeah, some yeah. time. So. For sure. Yeah. So I know we met at that store. But for for people listening, this may be the first time that they're hearing about yourself, the brand. I'd love for you to take us back and just let us know more. So like. Where, where you're from and how you got into this sort of like design entrepreneur starting a brand because I think a lot of people listening it's 18 to 25 year olds they're starting a brand and it's like they're going through their journey right and I want to sort of just set the tone and say like number one where are you from and how did you evolve to then start your own company build a brand and then now just crushing it <laughs> my, my journey's been my whole life has been like entrepreneurship um once I got out of high school, but I'm from Madisonville, Kentucky, which is southwest tip of Kentucky between Indiana and Tennessee. So the closest big city to me that people would know is Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that whole region, like I grew up in the 90s. So like now there's probably a little bit more of opportunity in fashion or design and stuff like that. But Growing up, there was there was nothing like no schools for design. Yeah, yeah. Um, any of that. So like after high school, I wasn't even going to to go to college at first. Um, but then my mom she convinced me and some friends. They were like, "Yo, just come!" Like, yeah, yeah. We're just hanging out. Like, just come. So I I started with community college, just taking random like. English and writing classes and at first at one point I thought I was going to be a writer Uh, I was in like a creative writing class and my teacher really like I know he really brought something out of me that I didn't even know was in there and then I I decided to switch from community college to the University Western Kentucky and then I was going for business and then I met a teacher who was like she would always see me drawing in class and, and stuff like that so she was like why don't you switch to art and so I looked at the classes and I'm like, yeah, but this is like sculpting and, and stuff like that. Like that's, I don't really see myself being a fine arts yeah, like, yeah. major. She was like, no, switch to like digital art. That's where the money's at, like advertising, multimedia, like stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And so I switched to that. And at the same time, 
I was hand painting clothing. So I was like, I was just, I was more of a, like a draw, I, I could draw really well, but I could never really paint. But around that time, hand painted clothing was like going crazy because there were a couple brands in New York, New Jersey that really, they really did it really well. Um, so like you would, you would go to their shop and say, I want this shirt in red, white, and blue, and they would yeah, yeah. it up and, and sell it to you. But my take on it was the same kind of idea, but you tell me like a slogan or a picture, like whatever you yeah. wanted, and I would paint it. So I was doing that, and it started to pick up. So I'm in school for advertising and painting shirts, and the painted shirts really was like, I mean, that was my first business. I mean, it yeah, was like yeah. a, it was like an in-house, like garage type business. Like yeah, it was yeah. no, like, it was nothing official where I had like employees yeah, or, yeah. Or, or taxes. And it was like, just like selling stuff to friends and family for cash yep. or whatever. Um, but I, honestly, I did that for like a while and won like a couple of clothing line of the year awards That's and, tight. and stuff like that. While I'm in school for advertising, I'm taking graphic design classes and stuff like that and really noticing that I could I could take the skill set that I had from drawing and, and painting and apply that to to graphics in like a digital way. And so once I started doing that I realized like these hand painted shirts that I'm doing one of ones I could make ten or fifteen or twenty with screen printing. Yeah. And so it transitioned into that and then I mean I just kind of like snowballed into like another clothing line that was a, another award winner like these are like regional yeah, yeah, yeah. like awards but like in Kentucky me, still like Kentucky Tennessee Memphis uh that was kind of like the Atlanta would even come yeah, up so yeah. it was like Southern Entertainment Awards that's like the biggest award in that area for music art whatever yeah yeah um no, that's tight and that just kind of like I don't know that that took off um, and I wanted to point out something too, because when, when I, for me as like a consumer of your content, I've been following you for a little over a year now. So, for example, someone like Chevy Woods, I see he's always rocking the shorts and the merch, and like obviously when it comes to like putting it in the right hands of people and the promotions, like you guys are just crushing it at the the placement of it, you know. And you know how you know the right style, and like you guys, in my eyes, when I look at fashion and I see your designs, it's like the creative aspect of it is insane, and I love it. So, and I want people obviously watching or listening, they'll definitely go check it out. But tell me more about how, like, for example, someone like Chevy Woods, who's a big artist, like how have you guys been able to navigate product placement and get it in the right hands? Because obviously I'm sure that's helped with the growth and the branding and overall just everything that goes a part of it. So like, where does that play in, in the aspect of like going from in college, doing your own shirts to then actually building a brand with, with different types of marketing strategies and campaigns like how did that aspect come into the picture i think that a lot of it has been organic um a lot of like we don't do a ton of seeding and like gifting and stuff like yeah. that to to celebrities or, i mean we will send stuff every now and then but a lot of it has been them just buying it or yeah, reaching yeah. out and saying like hey how can i get this and so on and so on now we're kind of to the point where we're starting to produce in, in higher quantities and, and I mean our, our t-shirts cost us a lot to make yeah yeah so when you first start you don't really you don't want to you don't want to like just give a bunch yeah. away because giving away 10 shirts is a few hundred dollars so yeah yeah um, but it, it started organically and then now like 
if an NBA player buys something or we send them something, then his teammates see it, they want it. Yep. And every, it just kind of like follows itself. But I mean, Chevy, he's a, Chevy's a close friend of John's, Chevy, uh, Wiz, all of those Pittsburgh people. Yep. Um, but then there's a lot of, there's a lot of artists that hit us up, athletes. Um, but it's really like, it has to, it just has to match. Like yeah, it has yeah. to match the vibe. So like, if we see your style and it doesn't really like appeal to us, I mean, we, <laughs> we may still like send it to you, but we're not gonna be like just sending it to people who have millions of followers just because 100%. followers. Like we want you to wear it and make it look the yeah. way we want it to look. So, yep. I mean, we're really cautious about how we seed and market. For sure. And, and who we who we give stuff to. Yeah, for sure. So um, with John, obviously I know that's, I you guys partnered together on that. How does that come to picture? How, how was you and John? How are you guys' relationship, and how did that sort of formulate in terms of just the relationship beforehand? Because I'm sure that's been a huge thing for just everything moving forward. Yeah, I mean, John and I really met through Instagram in like 2012 really? or 13. Um, we followed each other, and he he would buy. This was when we were really just doing jewelry. Okay. And so he would buy uh, some jewelry from us. We would send him some jewelry, stuff like that. And then we would just randomly be in the same cities at the same time. I would be, I remember we were in Vegas so like celebrating New Year's and he just happened to be there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then like I would be in Miami for something and he would just happen to be there and he yep. would like pull up and, and pick me up. Because um, he used to live in Miami for a little bit. And so, I mean, really just like we kind of became friends because I always say it this way, I feel like around that time when we became really close, he had a lot of, I won't say a lot, but he had people around him that were just kind of like around for the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't really like, I didn't really need anything from him other than friendship. And so I think he really took to that and that's really what like strengthened our bond. And then we always, we always see things creatively kind of in the same way. So even if like, if I have an idea or he has an idea, we kind of had this communication to where like we both get it even if nobody else gets it. And so that's what really sure. made us like work well together. Um, and now like his footwear line is taking off. Uh, he's about to launch clothing under that. That's tight. Um, and then diet, like we're still doing the clothing. We're still, we have footwear projects coming yeah, out. Yeah. So it, fortunately like the the vibe for both brands don't clash. So we can both put product out. I can put product out under premium and diet, and he can put product out under John Geiger Co. None of it like really collides. No, that's so tight. We really have like a, I don't know, we really have like the perfect setup. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So I, I wanna say this too, because a lot of young entrepreneurs listening, you know, it's like they, they look at business and maybe they wanna be independent. Maybe they have someone like you and John where it's like they could potentially partner with someone, but they haven't been in a partnership before. I'd love for you to talk about just like what's been your experience and what advice would you give to someone that's just starting a company? Like when it comes to just partnering with the right person, having, like you said, you guys align when it comes to the creative aspect of things. So like what advice would you give to someone that's young that's saying, hey, like should I get into this alone? Should I go find a partner? What advice would you give to that young individual? Partnerships are tough because, I mean, you really don't know what that partnership is going to look like until you get into it. But 
I, honestly, I've had businesses with no partners, and I've had businesses with multiple multiple partners. Yeah, and you really need somebody in your corner who one understands the vision, um, but two like is willing to do the work. Um, like somebody having a teammate that's that's like willing to like step up and do whatever it takes, like to to make whatever play happen. That's the biggest. The biggest thing that you need in a partner, you need somebody. Yeah, yeah. They may not, they may not know the best way to do it, but as long as they're willing to try and like learn and and try to figure out the best way, that's the the biggest like I guess pro or like the biggest thing that I would look for in a partnership. I think that there are some people who who work well without partners. Yeah, yeah. They just want to do everything themselves, and I've I've been guilty of like having partners and not wanting to delegate something because either I just feel like I'm better at it or it's easier for me to just do it than to like tell somebody how to do it and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So it kind of just depends on what the business is. But I don't know, partnerships are, they're, it's like a two-edged sword. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. It's, sometimes it's like it's smooth, sometimes it's it's rough. Um, but like without without partnerships, like a lot of the the stuff that we've done, like would, wouldn't be possible yeah, at yeah. all. So got it. Um, it's, but yeah, it's definitely like, definitely do your research before. <laughs> My first. Were you guys like close friends before even ever stepping into yeah. business? Like, how do you think that played a role in just like forming an, a true partnership that you can rely on and trust? Like, because I think a lot of people that I've seen and I'm associated with, I've seen them step into something and they didn't know the person or they might have stepped in too early. Like, what would you say about just like relationship building and actually working with people you know, like, and trust? I think that was the the key too, is that we we were friends for five, six years, like talked all day before we, before we even decided to like jump into business together. So we kind of like, if there's one person that, understands John like really well I mean there's a few of us but I'm one of those people that, yeah, that yeah. understands and then he understands me so um, luckily we had that understanding before jumping into it but my other company premium the co-founder in that with me was was Tyler Hunley and mm -hmm. we started that together without knowing each other from okay <laughs> like, how I just met a lot of the people here yeah yeah that's kind of how me and Tyler were we okay we, he bought some stuff from a company that I was running and through me and a little bit later he reached out to me and was like, hey, I wanna start this company, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z and I knew, I knew where to get it. And I was like, well, instead of me just giving you the, the source, like why don't we just go in together? And we kind of like, we just did. I didn't, none of, neither of us knew like it was gonna turn into yeah, this yeah. business that's, that's been around for eight years but um, the first time I met Tyler really met him we had been business partners for a year and we Got met it. up in Vegas so yeah, yeah. Um, so like I said all of that earlier about like doing your research but yeah, like yeah. sometimes sometimes you just stumble really. into like yeah. a, a relationship that works and Tyler's Tyler's just one of those people that like if if I'm gonna do something or if I need help with something or he's like one of the first people that I turn to so that makes sense it can it can kind of like just appear out of nowhere and be a blessing so no, that makes sense and I, I want to kind of pivot too because I think a lot of just what I'm curious of too of just like the fashion scene and like creating a brand in that space that's not only respected but it's 
stood the, it stood the test of time. You know, I think I see a lot of people. You know, they're they're coming into e-commerce. They start drop shipping product, and they expect to build this fashion brand, but they have you know, there's no purpose to it. They don't they don't they're not doing their own sourcing. They're not doing their own designs, and there's no like physical connection to it. And that's what I've seen from you is like the the attention to detail, like I mentioned before. Like, what would you say when it comes to like in 2019, if someone's listening, starting a fashion brand, and this really having one that's successful, what would you say some of the foundational components of that are? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly tricky because there's a lot of people that will do the opposite of what I'm about to say and make $20 million and sell their company. And, yeah, yeah. So, like, fashion industry is really finicky. Like, there's, there's really no, like, formula for it, but for, for us and what works for me as a designer is every... Like every piece means something to me. Like every design is something that like has some type of like history or nostalgia. Like there's some type of inspiration that, that means something to me. So every every garment that I put out, I try to tell that story of like, this is like, I just released a, we call it the mechanic tee. Yeah, yeah. But it's a t-shirt based around my uncle has like an auto electric shop in Kentucky in Madisonville and I would I would always hang out there when I was younger and for some reason like the memories that I have there just like really really strong and so I wanted to do something to kind of like highlight that blue collar worker like he works he's dirty all day yeah yeah I wanted to like put that into a garment so we just released a shirt like a few weeks ago and it's I mean it's DSM Auto Electric. His, his shop is called GMP Auto Electric. Okay. And I kind of came up with this logo and, and put his address and phone number on it. So it's almost it's almost like a billboard for his shop. Only it's his diet starts Monday yeah, branded. Yeah. But stuff like that. Like I did a I did a, a piece. I grew up in a trailer park in Kentucky. Okay. And so I did a piece for our Fred Siegel pop up, which was in May. And it was it was literally a trailer park, and it said Rodeo Shores, <laughs> and so it was kind of like if Rodeo if if Rodeo Drive the the Rodeo Drive that you know like wasn't the Rodeo Drive you know like if it was a trailer park like what would that look like? And when I when I showed it to my team, they were like, "Why like like is are people gonna relate to this?" And I was like. I mean, I don't know, but this is this is personal to me, yeah, yeah. and it's something that I want to put out as a designer. And when I put it out, I like I told the story. Like I grew up here. Like my all like if yeah, I have yeah. dreams about being at home, like they're in that trailer park. And so that's tight. I told that story, and surprisingly to me, that was one of our like best selling pieces. People that never grew up, never yeah, been to yeah, a trailer yeah. park, but like to and to see people like react to it that way, that just kind of encourages me to to keep that route and like continue to tell the story and so to answer your question it's like be be personable make sure that your designs have like meaning to them yeah and and communicate that if i just put a trailer park on a shirt and then just send it out yep nobody's gonna understand the purpose yeah yeah but have a purpose have a story and convey that message and stay true to it and you'll you'll see that there are people who, as long as you tell a story the right way, like, it's just like a movie. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You may walk into a movie theater and just pick a random movie, but if they tell you the story the right way, that could be one of the best movies you've ever seen. And that's the same way with clothing. Like, pick a, pick a, pick a story, stay true to it, and then 
the following and the the audience will they'll relate to it eventually that makes sense and also on that note of just like when you're designing a new piece, I want to get into like the business aspect of it. Like, how often are you guys dropping pieces, and like, what's the intent behind that? Because I know when you guys drop, you know, you guys, you guys sell out, you guys crush it, and it's one of those like anticipated things, right? right? And it's that model where it's like you don't have a million pieces, and right. anyone can get it. You know, it's like the exclusive, high ticket, like quality, like merch, right? right? So, how often do you guys do drops, and like, what's the intent behind that in terms of the way you guys have built your brand? I mean, the the intention behind it was really just to create a sense of urgency and also exclusivity. Yeah, yeah, like the importance want, of that, you know. Yeah, we want we want people to like we so we release two to three times a month, and we're releasing four to eight products at a time and we were we were we release at 12 a.m eastern so it's midnight and like the product is only available for 24 hours but it's really only available until it sells out so yeah, we yeah. may make 50 of, of a design we may make 200 of a design it really yeah, just yeah. depends on on what what the the goal of that release is or what the message is but and we put it up at 12 and 90% of our orders are in by, by 12.02, 12.03. Yeah, that's crazy. So I mean, at first, it, it took some time to build up to that. But, yeah, yeah. Um, we really wanted to create that urgency to let people know, like, if you want this product, you're either going to have to set an alarm, wake up for it, or stay up late for it, or whatever the case may be, or... You could wait until you wake up at seven, eight, whatever time you wake up and try to get it, but it may not be there. Yeah. Uh, and then it's really just about like making it exciting. Um, I also feel like if people can get their hands on things too easily, like the hunt is over. So now yeah. you don't you don't really have as much as much, I guess, urgency to to get it. And so us us creating that urgency is like really saying like. We believe in our product. We're gonna put it up at twelve, whether you want to wake up at twelve or not. Yeah. If you don't, like, better luck on the next one. So, yep. I don't know. It's just kind of different. Like, diet starts Monday. We drop on Mondays at midnight. It's available twenty four hours. Maybe available twenty four minutes. It may totally. be available ten minutes. Like, yeah, it yeah, kind yeah. of just depends. But we we really like how I mentioned it's an experiment. We like we'll see. Like, okay, well, let's just drop a hundred of this and then see how it goes yeah, yeah. and then if, if it does well maybe we'll re-release it but most times we don't we just release something new the next drop so that's tight but the, I mean the hard part about it is most most companies in clothing fashion they're releasing collections once a season and we're releasing yeah, yeah, yeah. we're releasing 50 to 75 pieces a season because we're releasing so frequently so that makes it challenging as a designer but yeah, yeah, yeah. I have like I have so many stories that I want to tell yeah, so many, yeah. I'm inspired by so many things that I can just constantly crank things out so for sure it's it's working for us <laughs> for sure and then I'm just gonna redo it I'm gonna stop and restart it this can rip 30 minutes work. I think we're good I just restarted it cool we can just jump right back into it Let me know when you're ready. You good? 
All right, so in, you were saying in terms of like the creative creative aspect of like each piece, something I'm curious about is like when you're designing a new piece, like what do you have any sort of like creative things that you do, or is it more so like all right, it's sort of like when you think about something, you design it. Like how does that work? Because obviously with dropping two different things a month and you guys are continuously making new designs and like the attention to detail and thought and like the craft of it. I'm sure it's like you go through different swings of you want to design something like this or that. Like how do you decide and what's your creative process when you're coming up with a new piece or a new design and how long does it usually take in terms of different samples and tests to actually get to the finished product? Because I want people to understand like the, not only like I said, the attention to detail, but just your thought process as a designer when it comes into making these like just quality pieces that's the so I work from home for the most part and the the beauty of that is I mean you you can work on things as often as you want or as little as you want but the the bad part about it is I can't shut off like I can't shut off <laughs> so I may I may have an idea and it'd be midnight and I'm in bed and I'll be reaching for my computer like waking her up with the light on my computer because I have this idea that I got to put down because having having so many ideas is also a gift and a curse because as quickly as I have them I'm forgetting them just as quickly if I don't put it on paper or on computer or whatever so it usually starts with like if I'm by my computer or by like a notepad or something, I can sketch it up real quick as like a placeholder to remind me or yeah, I write yeah. it in my notes like Mechanic T, GMP Auto Reference or like something like that. But most of the t- what I've started doing recently is kind of like an exercise to where it's almost like a warm up. So I'll, whenever I open my computer, I'll give myself 30 minutes and the goal is to come up with three new designs in 30 minutes. Mm. And it's, that's not like a that's not to say like when I design my designs take 10 minutes they yeah, usually yeah. take me hours or days or whatever but that's the, the the exercise is to kind of get me comfortable with creating something and leaving it and moving yeah, on yeah. to the next thing I, I watched the interview from Heron Preston a couple of years ago that really like triggered something and he mentioned how nothing is ever perfect and that was something that I always searched for. It was like perfection. Yeah, yeah. So I would design something, set it to the side, and then come back to it, like tweak something a little bit, set it to the side, and keep working with it. And that, by the time you like, if you tallied up the hours, I probably worked on it 40 hours or yeah, something, yeah. something crazy. But to the consumer, it may have been perfect 39 hours ago so I just wasted yeah. 39 hours working on this like per- trying to perfect something that was already perfect to the consumer to begin with and so this exercise is really showing me like that I can create dope things like really quickly if I just if I just focus for that time and then and move on it's almost like deep, yeah, yeah. deep work I know yeah I read, read that, that book Yep. so it's, it started from that when I read that I really like tried to focus on locking in for whatever time frame and giving it like my full focus and seeing what I can come up with. And so now like I'm doing this exercise and at the end of the week, I may have 20 designs that are, that are cool and I may have 15 that are, are crazy. Yeah, I, may yeah. have, I may have 40 that are trash, but yeah. it's kind of helping me like be content with, with 
just letting it go and moving on. No, that's tight. That's tight. And one thing I want to talk about as well, just regarding deep work and just mentors and inspiration and just learning and educating yourself. Like, who would you consider some of like your inspirations as a designer or as a creative that's really like brought you to where you are today? Most of my, most of my like people that I look to for inspiration are aren't designers. It's more like businessmen, and I mean, I know like drama and. D. Murphy, yeah, yeah. those guys, uh, Cal Newport, like Lewis House, like people like that. I look to them. Okay. I look to people that I look more for like how you took something and how you took little and like turned it into something massive. How yeah, yeah. D. and D. and Andres turned five four in the Menlo Club, and it's is a fifty hundred million dollar company. Like yeah, those yeah. Are, those are the people I look to because. I have I have enough inspiration just from like like riding through the city. Like I'll see like like I live a block from Skid Row. Okay. And like I have to like there's no way to get to our place other than through Skid Row. And like driving through there, you would be surprised that like that it, well, I'm surprised at the inspiration that I get from like just the way like homeless people kind of are resourceful. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's a it's homelessness in LA is like the craziest problem. So you drive down this ten block radius, and it's just like people and people. But like to see how people kind of like wear certain things, or like just the way they find clothes and turn it yeah, into something. Yeah. Like I get so much inspiration from from that, and just like just everywhere. So I don't really look to people for inspiration design wise. Just more so like how to turn the people wise. Yeah. How to turn a business into like. Something, something I got bigger. it. So with um, regarding drama and D, obviously that's how we connected. Right. Um, drama was in DC. I hit him up, came back to the shop, and obviously that's how we connected. So I want to touch on that because obviously since we've met, when I was actually in DC, that was like the second time I met with drama. Now we did the event together and we're like partnered up on a lot of cool stuff. So it's like I want to talk about just in your relationship with him, obviously because that's how we got connected. Right. How long have you known drama? How that like how did his network coming to the picture because I'm just number one curious but number two that's how we got connected in the first place yeah I remember when you came he asked me he was like yo is it cool if some people come through and I'm like yeah for sure and then you came and he he came up to me he's like hey Casey's at the door but he can't get in I think you were like 17 yeah yeah I'm 19 now I was 17 then (laughs) so I think it's funny because our security guard JD is just like he's just like the biggest bully so it's just <laughs> funny to picture that whole scenario yeah but, yeah uh i met i met drama i mean obviously i've known of him since robin big days yeah like, yeah i grew up watching all of those shows. me too um i met him 2017 like january okay and that's when we started to so diet starts monday we had signed a deal to collaborate with five four before we had even launched the brand, um, we flew out in like January of 2017 and met with Dee and Andres and kind of told them like what the brand was gonna be and stuff like that. And they were like, well, let's let's do something. And uh, I, obviously Dee and, and Drama are business partners, so uh, their offices are, are right next to each other. And yep. kind of just met in passing. And then, I mean, we flew out here so much that like I was just continually seeing him, um, and then 
And then we, I mean, we're not like super tight or, or anything like that, but he's just, I mean, he's somebody that I watch all of the podcasts. Yeah, um, yeah. Group chat or what? Both, group chat, short, short story, story long. Yep. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure I've, I've caught every short story long. Because <laughs> that was really the For first sure. podcast that I, I got into. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's just, I mean, he's just, like I said, somebody who he saw an opportunity in creating Young and Reckless and being on TV. But even then, there's so many people that create brands on TV. And if that show gets canceled, that, that brand basically yeah, gets yeah. canceled. And to be around this long, like it shows, it shows something. And he's, what I spoke about, about having a story and, and sticking staying true to that like he's done that with Young and Reckless and so uh, I mean I'm happy That's to, tight. to like consider him a friend and he comes and supports our events and, and stuff like that so he's I mean super dope dude for sure no it's tight and um so for LA wise because you're out here a lot right like what would you say in terms of like obviously D drama they're out here and me and drama we have this like ongoing joke he's trying to pull me out from Arizona to move yeah, to LA. <laughs> He's always talking shit to me about it. So it's like you being in LA with like the relationships, obviously just the people that are here, what would you tell someone listening? Cause for me, I came out to LA like once a month in 2017, trying to network and build, like just build my relationships. And that's how I've really been able to build this network of people. So like, what would you say LA in terms of the fashion space and the people, how have relationships, not only in LA, but relationships overall from a networking perspective, what would you tell a young person that's look, trying to better themselves, be around better people, and how did you do it growing up from coming from a trailer park to now having all these quality people in your life and mentors and inspirations? Like, how would you tell someone that's trying to do that from your experience? I mean, they did, they did the same thing to me. Me, D, drama, Michael Mente, uh, Sneaker Steve, like a few other people, John, we were all at, at like Nice Guy for a dinner like two years ago, and they were like, you guys have to move out here, like there's just no way around it. And I mean, prime example of like what it can do for you is, you wrote me two days ago, I was like, are you in LA? Do you want to do the podcast? If I was in DC, that wouldn't have happened. So yeah, yeah. I just think that LA is one of those those gatekeeper cities where you once you're in LA and moving and shaking like the gates just start to open up for you and that unfortunately just doesn't happen in, in this industry in a lot of other cities like DC there are movers and shakers but definitely not in the fashion industry like we're kind of I mean, we kind of reached the ceiling of, of DC fashion yeah, like yeah. five years ago yeah, yeah. Um, and I just kind of like plateaued with where I felt I could I could go creatively in, in that industry. And so it was just like, it was, I mean, in DC, DC wasn't like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm from Kentucky. So that yeah, was yeah. never like, I, it was never like my, like I didn't lay a stake there. Like this is, this is where yeah, I'm gonna yeah. be. Like I always knew that LA was a place that I needed to live, um, whether it's gonna be like long-term or it may be five years or 10 years or whatever, but I just feel like everybody who's anybody in any industry has to come through LA. Yep. And if you're here and your network is strong enough, you can honestly you can run into anybody that you want to run into. And that only happens really in LA. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I mean, if you, like everybody already knows if you move out here, like 
it's, I've, I've been bragging about you for like a while. <laughs> I appreciate and, that, bro. Um, like, LA is just one of those cities that when you're here, like, and it doesn't mean that you have to be here right now, but like when you do get here, like the amount of opportunities that are gonna like come to you is just like limitless. So, for sure. Like whenever you're here, like, we'll, be, we'll be waiting for you for, to. For sure. To Sooner play. than later. Yeah, I've, sure. I've been having these conversations a lot with myself and I, I see it personally real quick, just to, between me and you, six to, six to eight months, I'm yeah. here for sure. But real quick, I, I have a couple more questions, man. Just for people that are listening, I really want to dial it in terms of like, for someone like myself, right? I'm 19 years old. I'm, I'm building my network. And for the people listening that are young, starting a business, just going back throughout your journey, what would you say has been one of the most important things that's like hold you, held you accountable for you? Because I mean, where I grew up, right? It's like, there's people, even when I started doing my stuff on social media, they're like, why are you doing that? Why are you making videos? Right. Why are you like, what do you expect to come from that? You know, like, what do you tell that young person that maybe doesn't have the right influences around them, that they're getting shut down by their friends or their families, and like they're listening to this podcast to search for something, you know, whether that's self esteem or whatever? Like, what do you tell that young person that just has these ambitions but may not be surrounded by the right people or tools to like get to the next level? I think the first thing is to just know from someone who's young and is now a little older. Most of those people that are telling you, like, you're wasting your time or, or they don't believe in your vision, well, for one, they're not your friends, but two, they're not going to be your friends in five to ten years. So, like, don't worry about what they say. Like, I have tons of people that I grew up with. None of them ever told me, like, yo, you're wasting your time or anything like that. I always had, like, a great support system, but a large percentage of those people that like I talk to every day or I was with every day, like I'm not as close with them anymore. And that's just like, that's just reality. Like yeah, people, yeah. people grow up and grow apart. So, I mean, I think that's the first thing to understand. The second is like, you're only here like one time. So you shouldn't ever let anybody tell you like, don't do this, don't chase this dream. Like you only have this one life. So. And that's something that I still struggle with as far as like taking chances and, and taking risks and stuff like that. But the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. And that's just like, that's for just sure. a fact. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that you just have to, you have to be smart, you have to be calculated. Like I said, like for you moving out here, it may not, you may not have to be here now, but you definitely, you're definitely doing your homework and you're filling yeah, it yeah. out. You're, you're making the smart decision. I think everybody should take the time to, to really think about what they want to achieve, map it out, like figure out like, all right, this is what I got to do to do X, Y, and Z in this timeline, blah, blah, yep. blah, blah. Um, writing things down is, is a perfect way to hold yourself accountable. I don't, I don't write things down nearly as much as I should. I forget so, <laughs> yeah. so much, but I just finally, I've, I mean, I've been in this entrepreneur world for 15, this is my 15th year. And so, and I've just now hired my first assistant like yeah, yeah. a month ago. And so I'm luckily now I'm to the point where like I'm able to do that. I, I probably was able to before, but it was just, I always, I always work from home. And so like having an assistant like come over to my house and like stuff like that is just yeah, a little yeah. weird. But in LA, like I don't have to, he doesn't have to do that. But I'm finally to the point where I can like say like, hey, 
I need to do X, Y, and Z this month. I need you to I need you to do X, Y, and Z to make sure that I'm able to do these things. And being able to delegate is, is what's like really now I'm having somebody to hold me accountable yeah, yeah. For, for certain things that that's I, tight. I have trouble with. No, that's super tight. And real quick, just to like really wrap it up, I know you talked about the book Deep Work and everyone that listens to the podcast, I always like to give like some sort of book recommendation or some content recommendation. I know that you talked about Sorcery Long, Group Chat, I listen to those as well and I talk about that a lot. But other than those two resources, like for someone listening, what's been something, a book, maybe it's a podcast that you'd suggest people to listen to that's really helped you, whether that's have an idea or hold you accountable or whatever it is, just some sort of piece of content that's inspired you that you'd want to pass along to people listening i honestly think deep work is probably my i haven't read a ton of books uh, i have a ton but i haven't read five percent of yeah, them. yeah. <laughs> but the things that i learned in deep work were just so like impactful that for anybody that especially for people who have trouble focusing There's a a particular story in the book where he mentions a guy who had like a, a, maybe a doctor who had a thesis or something to turn in and he booked the longest flight that you can book. Back and and forth, right? Back and forth. So it was like 18 hours. To Japan, I believe it was. So he like locked in for 18 hours on the plane, working, landed at the airport, took a shower, like ate, cleaned up, like took a refresher hopped right back on the plane 18 hours back and finished his his thesis but the like if you really like i think and i think that that's kind of the same reason why drama has two phones and, and people people time themselves for these things and create slots and stuff like that because if you if you eliminate all your distractions for like three four hours and just lock in like the amount of work and the productivity level is just so much yeah, higher. Yeah. There was another thing that just came to my head, and now I can't remember it. Um, oh, it was like who who wrote uh, was it four hour work four hour week? Work week. Uh, Tim Tim Ferriss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of Tim Ferriss's stuff, like Tools of Titans. Yep. Tools of Titans is dope because it's not just one person's tool. It's not just Tim Ferriss's tools. It's uh, a list of all these successful people. Whether it's like filmmakers or this person was an olympian or this person was that and it it just tells them tells different ways they've enhanced their like creativity or their lifestyle or whatever the case may be those are deep work and tools of titans which i know everybody kind of like falls back to those two but they're just such great like such great books that it's hard to it's hard to read those especially (laughs) for for somebody like me who doesn't like to read yeah yeah like those those like critical books that you said sure. those are like for sure that, like if i had a school those would be the two textbooks okay that i would first for sure yeah. no, i appreciate that everyone listen i'll make sure to put those down below and really just to wrap it up for everyone that's listening like let's say they let's they want to find out more about diet starts monday follow you stay up to date figure out when the drops are just like start being in your world which i'm sure everyone listening to is and if you aren't Make sure you check them out. Where's the best place for people to, number one, follow you, learn more about diet, and just get involved with what you guys are doing? I mean, Instagram is really just like the world right now. Like yeah, yeah. Not, like that. So that's that's really it. So me, Davin, D-A-V-I-N underscore Gentry, G-E-N-T-R-Y. Um, diet Starts Monday underscore underscore. We 
so Diet Starts Monday kind of has like, since we have that exclusivity and that sense of urgency, like sometimes we'll we'll post about every release and sometimes we won't. Yeah, so yeah. Sometimes you just have to either be signed up for the newsletter or be following one of us and, and see me post something like, hey, tonight at, at midnight, like this is releasing. Yeah, yeah. Um, we really try to like keep you on your toes, which is, is it's also tough with the algorithm. Some people might not see it yeah, yeah. until the next day, but that's also like you gotta be like you gotta yeah, be checking. Yeah, <laughs> like, turn your notifications on. Like if you really, if it's something that you really want, don't procrastinate. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's the that's purpose of the brand. Of, yeah, that's part of the Diet Starts Monday mantra. Is like Monday may never come. So like, if you want something, like chase it today. Yep. Unfortunately, that's just life. Things happen. Yep. But. Yeah, that's where that's where we're at. Good stuff, and I'll make sure to link everything down below so you guys can check out Davin, check out Diet, and turn on the post notifications because I know it, it goes quick. So I mean, that being said, Davin, I just want to say thank you so much for coming thank on the boss. show and everyone tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, go check out Davin, go check out Diet, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Peace.